Hello, welcome to Bethel Baptist Church Podcast. Today, December 5th, 2021, Pastor Phillips brings to us a message entitled, The Journey of a Lifetime, from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Where did you first sing that, that carol? I was just sitting here thinking of the first time I sang that was in school. You think that goes on in public schools today? Huh? <laughs> I can remember that as plain as day. We used to sing hymns like that in school. That's where I learned them. <laughs> well, Thanksgiving is past. How many of you traveled this, this past Thanksgiving? Yeah, that's what I figured. I, I went back to uh, Algin, Illinois to be with my daughter and her family. Do you realize that some of us travel more in a weekend than our ancestors did in their entire lifetime? Think about it. You know, we, you know, we've got airplane travel, automobile travel, train travel. You know, you, our ancestors, you know, horse and buggy or by foot, okay? <laughs> it, it, is, it has really changed. This morning, I want to talk to you about that, that, that subject of traveling. And I want us to take a trip. I want us to take a journey of a lifetime, a journey of a lifetime, in fact, it's over a thousand miles. There are really no roads, maybe some trails, uh, and we'll travel by donkey and maybe uh, camels. And we're going to have to cross the Tigris River and the Euphrates River, and we're going to head westward. We probably will leave in, like in September, and we'll journey until we get to a little town called. Bethlehem. Probably three or four months it, t- it will take us to get there. Well, first we'll come to Jerusalem, but then we'll wind up in Bethlehem. The trip has been planned by AAA, Adventures Authorized by Adonai, <laughs> the Lord God. <laughs> Quite a trip, isn't it? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the truth of the Scriptures. We thank you, Father, for the significance of all of this that is just unbelievable when we really think about it, all that you've done for us. Our Father, I pray this morning for each one of us here that we would realize what it meant for the Son of God to leave those ivory palaces and come down to this world of woe. Why? Because he loved us and still does. Lord, if there's anyone here today who doesn't know him personally, Father, I pray that that person, that man, woman, boy or girl, would trust in Jesus as their own personal Savior today as well. Lord, please go with us now as we make this journey, as we recall what went on and the significance of it today, Please illuminate our minds. Please help me, Lord, to deliver your word this morning. And we'll thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. According to Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 1, Caesar, who was the emperor of the world at the time, made a decree for all of the world to be taxed. And you've heard that, I know, many times. So Mary and Joseph had to travel by donkey from Nazareth where they were to the city of Bethlehem. Why? Because Bethlehem was the place of 
King David, who was an ancestor of Joseph. And Joseph had to go back to Bethlehem under the orders of the emperor Caesar. The journey was probably 70 to 80 miles long, and it probably took them 10, 11, 12 days to make such a journey at that time. But you know, while they're making that journey, three, four months earlier, a caravan of Gentiles from the east travel westward. Just think of that. Here's Mary and Joseph coming down from Nazareth, and at the same time, this, this caravan is coming from the east and traveling west. And it started probably three months before Mary and Joseph started their journey. It's just unbelievable how God's sovereignty planned all of this. Don't you think? I think it's just absolutely remarkable. So let's begin the journey today. Follow along in your outline if you'd like. Point number one, the Savior is offered to Jews and Gentiles. He's offered to Jews and Gentiles. Look at Matthew's Gospel and go to chapter 2 and look what it says here. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, Herod, wicked, wicked, evil king, Behold, there came men, wise men, from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in, in the east, and are come to worship him. If you read the, Luke, the Gospel of Luke, you'll see that it was the shepherds who came to see Jesus as well. So that's, that's my point. Jesus was offered then, and he still is today to Jews and Gentiles. Jesus is offered to everyone today. That's, a, that's a, a remarkable thought when you think about it. Jesus is offered to the world. To any, doesn't make any difference what the color of your skin is. Doesn't make any difference how educated you are. Doesn't make, how, doesn't make any difference how wealthy you are. None of that. He's offered to all. And he still, still is today. He's still long-suffering, willing to, to come to anyone today who will trust in him. <clears throat> we saw that in, uh, we see that here in, in, in Matthew's gospel because we know that these are Gentiles. And in Luke uh, chapter 2, verses 8 through 11, we, re we read these words And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, <coughs> for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. I love that, to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, that's Bethlehem, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So right away we can see that Jesus Christ is offered as a Savior, and this Savior is offered to both Jews and Gentiles, and that is still true today. Let's go to point number two, and I want to go, to, I want to go back to Matthew's Gospel, and I'm going to read to you out of chapter two again, verses two through six. I've already read two. Uh, the, 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 the wise men are looking for the king of the Jews. They've seen his star, it says uh, in the text. 
In verse 3, when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled. If Herod was troubled, everybody better be troubled. He was a very, very evil, wicked king. He was a tyrant. He controlled, he controlled things, to be sure. If he was troubled, all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Now notice the terminology, where Christ should be born. How did he figure that out? Christ, the anointed one, Mashiach in the Hebrew, the anointed one, Christ. He knew they were talking, that the wise men were looking for the Christ, the anointed one. That's very significant. Verse 5, and they said unto him, Well, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And of course, that's Micah. And verse 6, and thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor, and shall rule my people Israel. This would have been very, very upsetting news to King Herod. Here's what I want you to see. Point number two. Some will travel a long way to see Jesus Christ, while others will not travel even a short distance. Not even a short distance. Think about it. Some of you travel maybe a few miles to get here this morning. How about the, the people that are right around this area, maybe within a block or two here, who don't know Christ? They don't know Christ, and yet they're not here today. Isn't that sad? They need Christ. They need Christ today just as much as the people 2,000 years ago needed Christ. Some will travel a long way. I guess I won the travel trophy this morning. I drove about an hour and 15 minutes to get here, but, but a lot of you drive, I'm sure, some distances as well. But some people won't even lift a finger. Here are, this, here are these, these Jews, these priests, they know the scripture. They know Micah, chapter 5, verse 2. They quote it. But do they go to see Christ? No. No, they, they, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. And sadly, even today, an Orthodox Jew will not come through those doors because they're still waiting for the Messiah to come. He's already come. But they're still waiting for their Messiah to come. So sad. They're blinded. They're blinded. Jesus is still offered today, and we need to remember that. The Jewish religious leaders here, <clears throat> they knew <clears throat> the prophecy of Micah, and still they wouldn't travel five miles, about five miles to go to Bethlehem to see the Christ child. Yet these Gentiles traveled hundreds of miles, perhaps over a thousand miles, just to see the Christ child. May I say to you this morning, it's no accident that you're here this morning to hear these words about the birth of our Savior. You're here by appointment, not by accident. If you don't know Christ, turn to him today. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. Let's go to point three. The tour guide in this whole trip is the Lord. The tour guide is God. Take a look at, at verse 2. <clears throat> Saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen, what does it say? 
his star, God's star. Go, drop down to verse 9. And when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. I hate to tell, I hate to tell the GS, GPS people, uh, the, the, the cell phone people, and, and, the, uh, and so forth and so on, but, but the first G, GPS God brought over 2,000 years ago. Mankind is just catching up now with, with, with their own GPS. God provided the first GPS. He put that star up there so that the wise men from the east could come. Isn't that remarkable? And what gets me is that they could see the star, but Herod couldn't. Neither could his leaders. They couldn't see it. How can some people see a star and others not see that same star? Because God can create a star that one group of people can see and others cannot. That's a miracle. Ever think about that? That's an absolute miracle. Today, we come to Christ not by a star, but we come through God's Word and the leading of the Holy Spirit. I know when I trusted Christ as my Savior in 1964, I was 22 years of age. I had been going to church and hearing the gospel preached very faithfully at JRBC Church in Bloomington, Indiana. And the girl that I would wind up one day marrying, who kept talking to me about Jesus Christ, wooed me. The, the Holy Spirit wooed me and wooed me until I came to Christ as my own personal Savior. It takes the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit always works in conjunction 100% with the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit's job is to point people to Jesus Christ. Remember that. That's the Holy Spirit's job. He points people. He pointed Christ to me. And I'm so thankful for that. So thankful for that. Well, they travel by star to get to, to Jesus, but we travel by the Word of God and by the Holy Spirit. The, the, apost the, the apostates here, these priests, were blinded to the truth. They could not see Jesus Christ. Point number four. I want you to see the reception of the Savior. The reception of the Savior. We're in Matthew's Gospel again, chapter 2. Look at verse 11. And when they were come into the house, Pastor Ronnie is right. They didn't come to the manger. By this time, they were in a house. And they saw the young child with Mary's mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Very valuable gifts. Those gifts would be used later on to help Mary and Joseph and the baby to, to, go, to go down to Egypt so, they wouldn't be, so the baby wouldn't be executed by Herod. Those, those, those material gifts were very much needed. The Lord provided for Mary and Joseph to make that journey to Egypt, which they would have to do a short time later. That's why those gifts were brought. But notice the reception here. These, these, uh, these wise men, Gentiles, probably wealthy, gladly received Jesus Christ. When you say, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. 
You know, that's how we need to be. Every time you think of Christ, you need to rejoice with joy in your heart. One of the, <clears throat> one of the benefits for me of, of, of preaching for you right now is I get to listen to my Christian music in the car. From the time I get into the car to the time I get here, I've got Christian music on my CD player in my car. And that's a great blessing for me because I, I, I can see these pictures of Christ as I listen to music. I'm a music person. I love good, good music. And it gets me all charged up to get ready for you folks when I come in through these doors. That's how I come in every Sunday. And I, I look forward to that time of just thinking of, of the, the words to these great hymns that I can listen to. You know, we should all feel that way. I, 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 I share with you on my heart that as I'm driving here, tears will start coming down my face as I start thinking about the Savior. As I think about his goodness, of his second coming, of how he cares for me, how he takes care of me. All of those things are so very important. And he does those things over and over and over. And I just rejoice. The wise men rejoiced. We need to rejoice as well. You know, it won't be long and Christmas will be here. And you know, and when you gather around with your family, you know, point out the real significance of Christmas. Even with little children, sure, the, the, the gifts are, are nice and, and, and they're welcome and all that. But think about Christ. Sing some carols together. Make it a really significant Christmas this year, Christian. Make, make it a great time of Christian fellowship in your home. Don't let, don't let it just be another Christmas that goes by. Get into the real meaning of Christmas with your family. I really encourage you to do that. You need to have a great reception for Jesus Christ, just like these wise men did. And so did the shepherds. If you go back to Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, listen to verses 15 through 18. And, and it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them unto heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even into Bethlehem, and let's see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. <coughs> and when they came with haste, they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, they're still in the manger. So the, the shepherds got there before the wise men did, because the wise men went into a house, right? Verse 17, And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. <coughs> Excuse me. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. <coughs> what a reception. What a reception. You know, Jesus still says today, <coughs> come unto me. Come unto me. Excuse me, I'm a little water here. <coughs> I tend to get too loud sometimes, sorry. Let's go to, verse, let's go to point number five. <coughs> the wise men came prepared to worship the Savior. And they did so without apology, but with humility. <coughs> the wise men came prepared to worship the Savior, and they did so without apology, but with humility. Look again at verse 11 of Matthew 2. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down. <clears throat> they were humbled 
and they worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The wise men brought those gifts hundreds of miles. They were prepared. They were prepared. And they presented their treasures in respect and in humility. They came to truly worship Jesus Christ. And you know, that's how we should come to Christ today, shouldn't we? You know, wise men still seek Jesus Christ today. If a person is wise today, they will seek Jesus. They'll seek Jesus for counsel and for direction when they're at a crossroads in their life. Why? Because it says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct thy paths. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And then there are people who are hurting. Maybe they've suffered a loss. There's something really troubling them. They need comfort. God says, comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Isaiah 40, verse 1. People come to Jesus even today for rest. We live in a crazy world, don't we? It's just go, it seems like it just goes 100 miles an hour all the time. Huh? 100 miles an hour all the time. I've, I've been asked to teach some Bible studies on Wednesday nights at my home church, Community Baptist in, in Ankeny. And so for, I guess, about four months, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to use a, 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 an accompanying book to the Bible called, <laughs> you're going to get a kick out of the title, God Isn't in a Hurry. It's written by Warren Wiersbe. It's loaded with wonderful nuggets of truth. We live in a crazy world. Do we really enjoy anything anymore? Did Jesus ever hurry anywhere? He went deliberately. He went purposefully. He knew where he was going, but he never hurried anywhere, folks. That's a message for us today. We need rest. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Matthew 11, 28. Wise men today who are hurting, who, who are overwhelmed, I can't do that. I can't, I can't give up this. I can't give up that. I can't do this. I can do all things through Christ with strengthening me. Philippians 4, verse 13. And wise men still come today to Jesus for salvation. No church can save anybody. No works can serve anybody. No person can save anybody. Only Jesus Christ can do that. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10, 13. Wise men still seek Jesus today. Whatever your need is, whatever your need is, come to Christ today. Come to him today. You know, in a minute we're going to go to communion. So that'll pretty well conclude the service. If I can help you, I'll be around for a while. If you've got a need today, 
it's a great privilege for me to open up this book with you and try to give you some encouragement and help from God's Word. Whatever the issue is, I'll be around. If I, and I'm dead serious now, folks. I love to help people. If I can help you with God's Word, I'm here to do that. That's my purpose in coming here. If I can help you, I will be around. I'm going to pray, and as I pray, I'll ask the deacons to come on up here, and we'll get ready for communion. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for all you do for us. Thank you for loving us, caring for us, meeting our needs. And Father, if there's a person here today who has some special need, I pray, Lord, that you would help them, bless them, and meet them, Father. Meet the need of their heart. And Lord, we'll just thank you for it all. In Jesus' name, amen.